I'm Bart Magara. This is SEO in 2024 Additional Insights. Bart, what's your additional insight for SEO in 2024? My additional insight in 2024 is that all the answers lie in the SERPs. And if you look into the SERPs and you look into your competitors and slowly start reverse, in, reverse engineering what they are doing, you can get a lot of answers to your problems. Superb. Okay, so no software required. Just just look at the SERP and you'll find what you're looking for. So let's maybe focus on the most important answers that you're finding in the SERP at the moment. So what would you say are the key answers that you're looking to find out about? Well, it sounds simple, but it is not simple because there's so many elements to it. And also along comes, you know, your experience and knowledge. And also a lot of the things you hear on the internet from the gurus and the experts. So sometimes it's hard to dissect what is working and what is not, especially when the SERPs are flooded with AI content and all those mass pages. And on top of that, you also see a lot of cannibalization issues. So you might be typing some of the keywords you're trying to rank for, maybe your clients are trying to rank for, and then you scroll down and you see your website ranking multiple pages for the same keywords. So one of the problems is that Google is, is having a hard time figuring out what is happening because of the sheer volume uh, of the pages. And it takes time to crawl the web pages of your own website and your competitors and to figure out which page to put at the top. And I see this, this issue is really ongoing. It hasn't been solved. There's been a, a little while since we've had the last updates, especially the Google Helpful Content update. And many have been trying to fix and so, sort of recover, maybe uh, employ some recovery plans, uh, none of them have recovered. Some of them maybe have flatlined or, you know, been, been stagnant. Maybe they have seen some bumps, but as far as I know, no one has a clear answer on, on you know, what is the immediate, immediate fix. Uh, yes, you can, uh, of course, cut down on, if you, let's say, produced a lot of uh, mass pages that are low quality, you can cut down on that. You can uh, focus on internal linking, uh, something I've also been doing for myself and my clients. One great fix for many, for like, for example, for local clients, uh, is that let's say they have high volume of pages. Some of them are thin content, low quality, and you can go to Google Search Console. You can run a crawl with Screaming Frog. It doesn't matter. And you can filter them out by clicks and impressions. Some quick and easy wins is, for example, if you have pages with high impressions but low clicks. So you can uh, potentially, you know, in your spreadsheet, you can highlight them, you can move them up. Uh, if you have really high number of pages and you, you see at, at, the, at the bottom of your list, there are pages with zero clicks and zero impressions and you can visually tell, okay, this is like very low quality, thin content, maybe you can delete them. So, so sorry, for high impressions and low clicks, obviously that's a, a good opportunity there. 
what are typically the reasons why that happens? Is it simply not having the target search keyword phrase in the title and perhaps meta description as well? So uh, one reason for that is actually something I mentioned is is cannibalization. It's not necessarily that, but I, I, I've talked to Michal Suski from Surfer and, and he also mentioned this. As you're publishing content, you might start ranking for some auxiliary, secondary keywords that you originally didn't, didn't plan to. And you might have two different keywords uh, and the same page is ranking. So you might actually decide to create a new page for that keyword. Like Surfer was ranking, started ranking for an AI article writer, which had never had a, a landing page for that. But a blog post was ranking for that. So there's a potential there to create a landing page with an internal link with the target keyword from that blog post to the landing page. Okay, so, so I was going to ask you if you'd actually 301 the old blog post to a new landing page, but you're actually advocating keeping the blog posts, uh, but incorporating a link as part of that to a new landing page. If it's getting some clicks, I would keep it. I would maybe consider deleting it if it's really getting like almost no clicks but high impressions again this is uh, a difficult decision at times uh, but uh, initially the best practice would be to internally link it and then see what happens if if that new page is uh, start, starts to rank in a short period of time yeah you might redirect it that that's a good approach yes Okay, but if it's not ranking, <laughs> perhaps redirect it as well to see if that actually has the positive impact on, on ranking that page highly for that target keyword term. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, one th other thing that I was intrigued by what you were saying earlier on is that you were talking about the mass of AI content that Google has to deal with at the moment and how it's maybe struggling what to incorporate in the SERP and, and what not to include. Um, so when you're analyzing the SERP, how do you determine what are the pages to benchmark your performance against? Uh, what are the key pages? I mean, do you look at, for instance, the longevity of those pages within the SERP, the consistency of those pages at holding certain rankings? Um, is, is that what you're looking to measure initially before determining whether or not those are pages to benchmark your performance against? So in order to benchmark a page properly, there is something uh, embedded in the algorithm called the historical ranking data. So there's this question, you might have two pages, one, one had some historical rankings and one didn't. So the page that had some historical rankings, you have much more data to work with and that page can actually benefit you in the, in the long run. So that, that page can be can be a benchmark in itself. Whereas if you had a page that never ranked for, for any keywords and has no historical rankings, it's hardly can be used for any kind of benchmark. And how do you go about determining opportunities that you don't rank for at all at the moment? For instance, you're looking at the SERP and you're seeing competitors rank for certain keyword phrases. How do you determine that you have an opportunity to rank higher than those already featuring in the SERP? How do I determine if I can rank higher? Well, one, one key thing is look at their on-page. So if, for example, their on-page, you can do it 
uh, in Surfer. You can do it manually. You, you can look at the page. Uh, you can look at the titles and, and the URL structure. Uh, essentially, if they are under-optimized, you can beat them with on-page SEO. If that doesn't help, you can obviously build some extra links to it and that's how you can get ahead. And do you look at existing authority metrics for the competing domain or page? Yes, DR is one of the main metrics I use. And also, if, if, if that domain has historical ranking data, and if you are serious about your business, you will need some significant link power to overtake them. So what does this look like in terms of creating an annual strategy based upon the SERP? Do you conduct a thorough analysis maybe once every few months or every year and then create a content strategy based upon that analysis? Well, it's very individual. Of course, I, I, I like to be scientific about it. And some clients, you know, they want to outrank their competitors. But in many cases, it's just unrealistic because... They have so many backlinks, they have so much content and topical authority that uh, in many cases, it would take you a year, realistically, to outrank them. And uh, essentially, using tools like Ahrefs, you can calculate the number of backlinks needed to outrank them, mostly focus on high-quality, high-authority domains. Uh, one thing that's working really well across so many niches right now is digital PR and Haro links. So it kind of makes sense uh, moving on from those shady, all outdated tactics, black hat, gray hat, what, what, what you can call them. Because especially like we talked about with the advent of AI, Google still values that genuine input, that human input. So that's exactly what digital PR is. Big websites, journalists, Big businesses, big domain authorities, they are vouching for you. So these links actually make a difference. So uh, one of the campaigns you, you could start to catch up with your competitors is a digital PR campaign. So how often should an SEO be analyzing the SERP? Uh, how often? Quarterly, uh, yearly, I would say. And you, you need to pay attention to the link velocity uh, your competitors are doing, essentially. Because, you know, um, many people fall victim to treating a website as something not real, and you have to treat it as a business. So you have to make time and allocate uh, resources into link building and content, because that's how ultimately you drive traffic to your website. So maintaining that steady velocity it doesn't have to be anything rigid as long as you're feeding the algorithm, something that Corey Tugberg said. You don't have to have a strict schedule as long as there is some schedule. Also, the algorithm, you can uh, benefit from the algorithm when you sometimes have an irregular schedule. So there is no right or, or wrong way of doing it. It doesn't mean you have to have uh, one post per day, five posts per day. One day you can have five posts and one day you can have zero posts and then three days later you publish 10. So you can be quite flexible with that when it comes to feeding the algorithm. But over a month you have to be reasonably consistent with your link building. Yes, 
absolutely. And how is the SERP changing? What features are you seeing that perhaps didn't exist or weren't, weren't as common a few months ago? That's a great question. So Google is a money-making machine. And depending on the keyword you're looking for, the SERPs can look wildly different. Some commercial keywords will display a SERP that looks like Amazon. It looks like a shop built in Google. And also, what is so crazy right now is that the search intent is changing nonstop. As Kyle Roof puts it, there is no search intent because as we've started this conversation before, you know, the, the answers lie in the SERPs. So my answer right now might be completely different than it was a month ago because Google decided to put commercial keywords uh, up front and, you know, display products, some sidebar on the left now listings and then even though you might be ranking number one for your keyword you're not getting any clicks or you're getting 50 percent less clicks or 80 percent less clicks and then you're wondering why am i not getting leads or why am i not getting sales well if you if you offer any kind of products or services you might actually consider uh, going after different keywords some sometimes you might actually you know, originally you might go after commercial keywords, but then you find that those informational keywords became commercial. And your answer might be very different depending on the industry sector or country you're talking about. Yeah, so you really, really have to pay attention to the SERPs. I personally scan them every day and it blows my mind sometimes uh, what I'm seeing because they just change. It's, they can change throughout a day. You've shared what SEO should be doing in 2024, so in line, let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2024? Uh, I would call it the shiny object syndrome because uh, there is so much information, so much opportunity out there, so many things you want to get, so many things you want to learn, so many things you want to try. And I think a lot of SEOs have this problem when, when they are doing their work, writing, doing SEO, and then they see their friend or their mentor or their guru talking about this brand new link building tactic. So those things that distract you, I think are the biggest obstacles, especially for us SEOs working online, because uh, it's very hard to focus with all this influx of information. Bart Magera is an SEO consultant, and you can find him over at bartmagera.com. Bart, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2024. Thank you, David. Cheers. I've been your host, David Bain. You've been listening to an episode of SEO in 2024 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2024 podcast, video series, and book. Find out more at seoin2024.com. SEO in 2024.com.